Welcome back in. It's Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Greg Matzik and Jessica Ty with you. Happy to be joined by a familiar voice to WTMJ listeners. Does a great job with her My Take feature and op-ed in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. It's Kristen Bry. Hello, Kristen. Hello. Happy to be here. I'm glad you could join us today because I wanted to bring to light a story that you commented on in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel today, part of the op-ed, the My Take op-ed that you do. Regarding a piece of legislation introduced in the state of Wisconsin that would restrict or compromise the rights and opportunities for the unhoused. Help us break it down. You're, you're a great breaker downer of things that are Making complicated. It easy. That's Please. what I like about you. I should put Make that on my easy. LinkedIn profile. It, it's breaker long, downer. It, it's wordy, <laughs> but it, it fits. Um, so it is a bill that was introduced last month. It got a hearing last week, which is when I read about it. And it's there's three different parts to the bill. And the first is basically changing how the Department of Administration would hand out grants. So there are certain programs across the state that address homelessness. And right now, the uh, the co-authors of this bill are saying that there's not enough incentives to innovate and there's not enough checks and balances for these programs on whether or not they're being effective. And so basically, the first part of this bill says to get the entire grant, they would have to sit hit certain requirements. The second part is basically having the DOA put specific public land away for encampments. It would prohibit setting up camp anywhere outside of that designated area. And then if anyone were to do that, they could be charged with a Class C misdemeanor, which then would be either a $500 fine or they would be jailed for 30 days. Kristen, are the lawmakers suggesting that current programs just aren't working as intended? So Representative Dahlman, in his written testimony, basically said, because these programs don't have oversight homelessness is getting worse. I think most experts would say a lot of the indicators of why homelessness is getting worse everywhere is only one in four Americans, low income, who filed for like the federal housing grant actually receive it. I mean, you have the rents that are higher. You also have the fact that pandemic aid is gone. And that's hit a lot of families here locally hard. If they're in jail or if they're in their own house, that that's part of state dollars at work, regardless of where they end up, isn't it? That's and that's the way I see it. As far as if we're if there's public money being spent, because we spend a lot of money on people putting people in and keeping people in prison, that is a choice, right? There's a choice that that is how we want to spend our public money, instead of prevention programs, whether that's crime prevention, keeping people housed, and so there's two different models, basically at odds. I think. In this this scenario. So there's a housing first model, which basically assumes that people can't start budgeting, get a job, stay clean. People who subscribe to that model would say that's where the money should go to. This is a model. This is this legislation falls under a model of basically criminalizing homelessness. And it comes from uh, the Cicero Institute. And it says in most of the articles that it's basically kind of copy paste model legislation, which is a Texas based uh, think tank. Lo and behold, the person who has started that institute uh, is also, he was the founder of the company Palantir, and he's also invested in private prisons. And so there's a little bit of like, what is the incentive from that organization that is pushing this model legislation through a lot of different state houses? Follow the money, if you say, if you'd like to think yeah. so that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's very interesting and very challenging times, right? For anybody to be homeless or unhoused, regardless of time of year or the weather conditions is a challenging time. And it comes more to light, I think, during this time of year where police are doing welfare checks. They are trying to make sure that 
you know, people are staying alive, which is easier said than done in these conditions. Warming centers, which are open, there are outlets. But I also wonder just how much of this communication, and this is introduced legislation, this is not passed legislation, which is also a very key point. What's the trickle down of information? Like, how do people even find out about this if they're not able to, I don't know, have four walls around them? Well, exactly. When you were saying that before, that's what I was thinking. I mean, most of the people, if you don't have a home and you're not paying attention, you, you know, you don't have access to the internet, you're not watching the news, how do you even find out about this to know that, shoot, this is where I'm supposed to be. And if I'm outside of that, I could go to jail for it or get fined. I mean, a lot of these people just unfortunately don't have the knowledge. And the other thing, too, a lot of times you have homeless people who I know this sounds wild, but there are homeless people out there who don't want the help. It's hard to think about, but there are some people out there. Like well, you that. think about that, and there's like the places that you can go. We talk about warming centers. There's certain um, shelters, shelters, but a lot of shelters have restrictions, right? And I think about this: if you are unhoused with your partner, and you're a woman, and your partner's a male, there's certain places that you can go, but your partner can't go because it's just for women. True. There's certain places you can't take your kids. Like there's there are a lot of the different shelters. It isn't just first come, first serve. It is restrictions on who who actually it's serving. And depending on what your personal situation is, you may not want to follow those rules or may you may not be willing to not be with your kid or your partner and or your dog. And so there's certain things like that that I think when it comes to making legislation on fixing these kinds of problems, I feel like talking to the people who their entire job is working with this population and listening to them on what's working and all of the different scenarios and situations that people who are unhoused find themselves in, getting firsthand experience and asking them is probably going to be a more expedited solution because I'm not an expert. I mean, I don't know if anyone else is like it's it's I can have empathy, but it's like I've never been I've never been unhoused. I don't know many people who've been unhoused. I only know off of the stories of how quickly one injury can lead to losing your job, to not paying rent, to not having a family structure that can help out if you fall through the cracks, to all of a sudden not having a place to live anymore. Yeah, it can happen quickly. I think this whole conversation, though, is a good time to just sit back and say, hey, if you can help, you know, forget about the lawmakers, forget about this bill for a moment. But if you can do something, even if it's as little as donating your old coats, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Do what you can to help our community, because unfortunately, whether it's Milwaukee Racine, up north in La Crosse, there are too many people who don't have a home. Friend of the program and familiar voice here on WTMJ, Kristen Bry, also the author of the My Take op-ed in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Kristen, thanks for your time. Appreciate you shedding some light on this story. Thanks so much for having me.